Hello and welcome to the first full and focused podcast of the 2019-20 season. My name is Morgan and don't worry, we haven't offloaded J-Mac in some kind of relegation fire sale. The gentleman at the Focus team has been off representing England in the World Cup podcast host this summer, so we've given him a little bit of extra time off to recover. So like a host equivalent Marcelo Jallo, I'm stepping in this once just so I can justify going on the end of season piss up. Joining me today, as is the way we're full and focused podcast, are two Matts. First off, welcome to Eastbourne's number one Fulham fan, Mr. Matt Dom. And in the opposite corner, he recently wrote a piece of the Chinese Football Weekly saying Dalian Yi Fang should hire Rafa Benitez. And they did. Hello, Mr. Matt Reese. So, probably no better place to start than with the signing of Anthony Knockhart, which was announced just a couple of hours ago before, this, uh, before we started recording. And obviously, no secret that he was going to join, but now it's been confirmed that he's here for a season with a view to a permanent deal next summer. Do we think this is a good move, uh, starting off with you, Mr. Dom? Yeah, well, um, you, you guys are aware that I'm I'm not a big fan of him as a person. He, in, not as a person, I don't know, as a person, but as a kind of... Um, I didn't like watching him at Brighton because he's a, he, he always seemed like he was a bit of a... going down a bit easily, snide, a bit dirty, a bit of a cheater. But that said... That kind of player is probably the the sort you'd rather be on your team than than to play against. So, you know, <laughs> I dare say we'd probably take advantage of that sometimes this season. But there's there's no questioning uh, his ability at Championship level. You know, he's I think the season Brighton went up, he got something like 15 goals, uh, nine assists, and you know he's well into well into the 30s of both of those. I think um, so. He's an excellent player, and you know that front three of of him, Mitrovic, and Cavallero. That's that's better than we started last season with. So you're not going to get many better than that in the Premier League uh, in the Championship. So um, so yeah, I, I, as a player, I'm delighted with it. I think you're right. I think there are a lot of people sort of um, saying that he is an incredibly gifted player, especially at Championship level. So I think there's a certain excitement around that. Whether his ability to sort of maybe buy a few free kicks a little bit simply, maybe that's um, that's going to cause a few issues with the fans. But then again, maybe it's something that's sort of easing out of his game at the moment. We don't know. We won't know until we see it. That might Mr. be something Reece. we need more of as well. I mean, well, maybe, know. but we've got AK for that. Yeah, and Steph, yeah. Steph here on the and other, on the other so, end. Yeah, yeah. so we've, we've got plenty of players who have the ability to either give away easy fouls or get them. So I think it's good to have a bit of a quality in there. Mr. Reese, what are what's your view on it? Uh, well, my view is that you know, obviously, I'm glad to have him. You know, as, as Mr. Dom mentioned, you, you 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 can't you can't doubt his quality at this level. So it's good to have him. It's good to have him on board, even if to some extent it's because, again, as, as Mr. Dom touched on, he's not on another team. So it's pretty good to have him, and it's it's also good because it gives us it gives us a better. A field of options to choose from. I think a lot of us in the this is going to be the first mention of the season. The full and focus WhatsApp group was slightly concerned if we're going into the season with sort of Aite and Cabano as our wingers. And I know we're going to touch on the other new signing later uh, with Cavaliero. But I think giving Knockart as you know a first choice winger to then allow Cabano and Aite to be the backups gives you a little more sense of confidence in the squad as a whole because it means we we have a much better first choice than what we initially, than what we initially had. If you saw, if you saw seeing what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. I think when we were looking at sort of who was retained at the end of last season, I think everyone was a little bit surprised to see Cabano staying on. I, um, I think Aite gives us a little bit more squad depth. I think Cabano proved himself to be a really average footballer at the best of times. Uh, Obviously, I sort of, you know, part of the season we was okay in the championship, but I don't think anyone's really seen, uh, anything from him that would say justify his place in the squad, whether they activated that extra year just so they get a bit of a transfer fee for him, I don't know. In terms of that front three, you're right. You know, we're not going to get much better than that. And obviously we'll come onto it a bit later, but it's very unlikely that we'll see Sessegnon back for it. And looking at that, if you have a front three of Knockart, Cavallero, and then obviously Mitro, and then back up when you've got Aite, Kamara, Cabano maybe and I guess you even got to look at Font um, as a potential I mean do we think that is the kind of front three that gets you promoted or do you think come December we might sort of see them struggling a bit I don't know uh, Dom what do you think I, I don't think Font is good enough even as a backup 
Um, I mean, he's, he's clearly a good player, but it, it doesn't work in, in the championship. It didn't work for us um, two seasons ago. Uh, so I think we do need another player to to cover for Mitro, uh, even just a different kind of option, you know, not a like-for-like older player who's going to sit on the bench and come on and do the same job. I think we need someone with a bit more pace to get in behind as as a as a, a second option. And maybe um, Kamara could be that uh, if he's played through the middle. I know he wants to be a striker, um, although he has he's sort of played more on the right in, in the friendlies and obviously in his career with us to date. Um, but I, I'm pr- if we'd started with that team now without another backup striker, I think I think it's pretty good. We we couldn't have asked for more having come, having gone down. I think to strengthen your attack is um, you know is, is a pretty special thing once you've got relegated. Um, yeah. So so yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we need a backup, but but right now we need to turn our focus to the defence. Yeah, and we'll we'll certainly come to that in a second. Um, I think you're saying with uh, Font not really being up to it. I think we were all hoping that he would go away last season, have a really good season at Lille, and. Obviously, they had a great season. I think they finished second in Liga, and uh, yet he only scored one goal. And he played quite a few games, but really didn't hit the target much at all. And so I think that's disappointing. I think he it would have been great if he come into this season with a bit of confidence. But I think you're right. I think the likelihood is if we don't loan him out again, we might sell him. But he won't be seeing a huge amount of game time. What Mitro has had over the last two seasons, well, a season and a half is consistency. He hasn't missed much game time. And I think hopefully if he can keep that up and sort of avoid any injuries or suspensions, then we won't have to have a grade A striker uh, as a backup. I think obviously Marcus Gale, um, sorry, not Marcus Gale, uh, he's long retired. Uh, Dwight Gale, um, it would have been a good option to join him up front, but I think as a backup, he probably won't go for that. I mean, Reese, what what are your thoughts generally on what on that sort of front three? Um, on that front three, I sort of agree to some extent with Mr. Dom. I know this is going to get it's going to get very boring if we if we agree on everything, but trust me, there's going to be plenty of time for the rest of the season for me to antagonise and be wrong about a lot of things. But no, I agree with what Matt Dom said. If we sort of keep things as they are, if we have Abubakar Kamara as the backup centre forward, I'm not overly disappointed. Yes, I think we can do better. But yeah, oh, could we get a better player who's willing to sit behind Mitrovic? No, I on, I honestly don't think so. You mentioned Dwight Gale; he's not going to want to be. He's not not going to want to be a substitute. Abubakar Kamara may, yeah, if he can see how well he's, you know, does against tiring defenders at the end of games, then maybe he could see him use, his use for that and you know be happy with that role. So I wouldn't be disappointed with Kamara as our backup. And, you know, and with likes of uh, Aita and Cabano as our backups. But could we do better? Yes, but I'm not disappointed. No, and I think, as, you know, Don pointed out, we can't be disappointed with the fact that we have actually strengthened uh, going up, uh, going down even. Um, So I think we can look with a bit of confidence going into our first game of the season that we do have a front three that potentially should be the best in the championship. Um, Obviously, Let's uh, move forward onto other sort of incoming players or perhaps lack thereof. I think one of the big issues that we're currently facing is that our defence hasn't been strengthened. And when you look at that back line of, you know, starting back line of Cyrus Christie, Joe Bryan on the flanks, and then uh, Mawson and Lamarchand and potentially Tim Ream and Dennis Adoy in there as well, it doesn't look strong enough. And I think Joe Bryan is a you know, is a very good championship left back. Um, Mawson should be an excellent championship centre back. It's just those two other positions. I'm not convinced by Lamarchand. Um, and obviously, you know, Cyrus Christie can do a job, but would you want him as a starter? Or do we look for a new one? Or do we blood in Steven Sessignon? Dom, what, what's your view on where we are with that at the moment? Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think, I think for sure we need a right side to centre back um, without fail because even though I think look how good we look going forward we might get away with it not having uh, not strengthening at the back I'd be much more comfortable if we got someone alongside Alfie um, you know Dennis Adoy great great person but I, I just I don't see him as a centre back as a starting centre back even in this in this league Um Cyrus Christie, it, it's really hard. I'm really torn on Christie because 
obviously last season he had a really bad time um but it, it was really it was hard for him because he didn't play that much in the championship when we went up and all of a sudden he's gone from back up in the championship to being starting right back in the premier league and as we know the step up is enormous and he he wasn't up to that and that's no fault of his own it's, it's the fault of the club for not getting in someone to replace Fredericks really um but looking at the way we're probably going to attack with with that front three with two wingers that cut inside we're going to need a really dominantly attacking right back um it's you know similar to Joe Bryan I suppose on on one flank who can overlap and get crosses in because Mitro needs those crosses uh and do I see that as uh Cyrus Christie I don't know I don't think he's good enough going forward but if we are if we don't strengthen there then he's 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 proved himself at this level so you know it's a, it's a tough one we need to strengthen this <laughs> I think what I'm trying to say I think one of the things that we had obviously going up uh from the championship last time around was the fact that Matty Target was a very defensive minded left back and it really gave sort of uh the the well Sessegnoni gave him sort of the ability to sort of do his attacking without having to worry about tracking back as much. I think in this case, when we have Cavallaro and Knockhart on the sort of the wings, then I would say we need more of a defensive right back. And I think Christie tries to bomb up. He's not particularly great at it. Um, but then we need to be looking for someone who's a more of a solid defensive right back, allowing those, uh, allowing that winger to really do what he does best. Reese, what, what, what are your views on the right back situation? Do we give Sassignon a go? Uh, or do we stick with Cyrus, or do we just bring in someone completely different? Uh, I don't want to base much of this off of one game, because I know we're going to be talking about the old shot game with the Tour Friendies roundup in a couple of minutes. But I, I'm just going to sort of briefly put this out there. Do not sleep on Stephen Sessignon. If we if we are to agree that this whole Ryan Sessignon deal is gone, he's going to Spurs in some way or another, I'm all I'm saying is it is vital that we keep Stephen Sessignon. That's all I'm going to say because I don't want to preempt too much what I'm going to what I'm going to say later. That's a tease in the business. It's called a tease. So, so you say we shouldn't be relying on him, but we need to keep him, and also that he's called Stefan now. Whatever. Yeah, I'm just I'm just <laughs> I'm not saying we have to rely on him, but I'm just saying it, we do have to keep him as an option. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, we for sure. And I don't think, I don't know why I you know we would would not be looking to sell him. Obviously, I think um, there are you know people sort of say oh if Ryan goes to Spurs, then he'll take it with him. I don't think, uh, aside from maybe some slight rumours towards the end of last season that Spurs were interested in him, I think that might have just been sort of uh, journalist chatter. So I think we have two options at right back. Whether one is good enough and whether one is ready enough uh, is hard to say. But I mean, we haven't been linked with anyone that I know of. So perhaps we are just going with these two and uh, we'd have to make do with it. We do need a centre-back though. And I think Ream showed last season that he was out of his depth in the Premier League, but the season before he showed he was more than uh, competent at championship level. So was it an age thing last year um, or was it just the fact that it was the exponential step up that was damaging his performances? So perhaps we are going to be getting Mawson and Ream or well, it won't be Lamarchon and Reem because they're both left-footed, but it's it's hard to say. But we do need to get that other centre back in. Uh, Dom, have we that you know have been linked with any centre backs? Well, I mean, of the ones we've we've been linked to, I think the only one remaining is uh, Michael Hector. Because uh, we obviously we were supposedly looking at Janssen and Concer as well. Uh, I don't know how close we were to getting those two, but. Um, yeah, from what I'm, I know of Hector, he's fairly tall. Uh, I think that's what we've been lacking—a a defender who can really you know, dominate in the air. But you know, beyond that, I think I think Mawson is is good enough, and I think he's got a lot to prove this season. Um, someone in a similar mould alongside him, and I think we're in, we're in a good shape. And, and maybe put Adoy as as one of the two options at right back because uh, he's he's certainly more defensive. Um, so maybe he he uh, fills that gap that you, you think is missing. Um, but yeah, beyond that, I, I've not seen any any links really, and I, I can only assume that they're working on it because it's you know, all of us can see as fans that it, it's vital we get someone in. Yeah, and I think that's it. You know, we've uh, we've come to sort of learn over the last sort of 
few seasons that we don't do our transfer dealings early. And I think uh, if anyone listened to the um, the Fulhamish podcast, uh, not to promote them as such, but, you know, to the, their conversation with Tony Khan, they kind of put a bit of a sort of um, understanding as to why that happens. And perhaps we will see business done much nearer the um, end of the transfer window. But at the same time, we kind of would hope to see a few more players coming in just to sort of give us a bit of an idea of how we will be lining up next season. Um, But moving on from the players coming in, because I'm sure over the next couple of weeks, we'll have more to chat about that. Uh, Look at the players that are leaving the club. And obviously the major one that's gone uh, at this point is Jean-Michel Serri, who has gone off to Galatasaray on loan for for the season with a view to a permanent move. Reese, what are your thoughts on that situation? I mean, would you have hoped he'd stay or was it just so obvious that he was leaving that uh, you didn't really hold that much hope for it? Yeah, I was sort of resigned to the idea of Seri leaving more, more or less from more or less from March time. I think it's I think I'm slightly surprised at the whole the, the whole wording of the deal loan with view to permanent signing may sort of indicate that his time is just completely done. Now this isn't just this isn't just a season long loan and oh he'll he'll come back to us when and if not no touch wood when and if we get to the, when we get promoted it feels like his time his time is done already so I suppose the best we can hope for is that he pulls in you know world class performance after world class performance so that we can get as much back of that was it fifteen million plus. I've, no, it's about twenty. What? Well, it, it depends who you talk to, really. I think it was sort of some people it was twenty, some people it was twenty-seven. Because there was the Marshall deal thrown in as well, wasn't there? They yeah, they said he was worth seven million, but I'm uh, questioning that one. Whatever the fee was, we just hope that we can get as much of that fee back as we can. That's sort of really my only hope for this. If he if he plays a stinker, he plays a stinker. If he plays well, he plays well. I don't really care. Just get as much back for that of that feedback as we possibly can. That's my only view on it. And uh, Dom, do you, I mean, we're. I guess one of the things with Seri was that he was so, um, we were all so excited by it because we heard about his reputation, maybe not seen him play a huge amount, but we knew uh, who he'd been linked with and all the signed for, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, everyone was disappointed for the most part of how he played. Did you want to see him have a crack at the championship? Or again, as I said, was it so obvious that he wouldn't be here anymore that you were just like, eh, whatever? No, I wanted to see it for sure um, because I think he would have, uh, you know, pass the ball around every other team in the league but yeah I like like Reese. I was I was resigned to it I'm not surprised at all um the only surprise was it, it sort of took a bit longer than than you would have thought and and that it's to Galatasaray I mean I, I don't know it gets to play in the Champions League I suppose but the quality of the league uh is certainly on par with the championship I would say if if probably if possibly worse than it um but I suppose it's playing in Europe is what the, what the draw of Galatasaray is. Um, I think it does look like he'll be gone. It's kind of it looks like one of those deals where the club has already agreed to buy him next year, but doesn't have the money this year. Um, so, so I think that's the last we'll see of him. It's a real shame because he showed what he was capable of early on. Um, for whatever reason, it, it didn't work. I think I think he still looked good when I saw him play, but he didn't fit into Ranieri's system. He's, he's tried to. You know, he was playing as, as a sort of holding midfielder, and that's just not his game. And from that point on, it was there was only kind of one thing happening, and that was we'd go down and he'd leave. Um, it's a shame, um, but I think I'd be more upset now if um, if Zambo left because we've not heard much of him. We haven't seen much of him play, but he's obviously he's been away um, with his international side. And we, there's not been many rumours about him leaving. So I don't know what, what you guys think of that, if the, if he's likely to stay or not. But if he does, I think we've got a massive asset there because I think towards the end of last season, he, he started to look really good. Yeah, and I think that's uh, the point I was going to say is that he, you know, he started off very poorly. Uh, there's no sort of getting away from that. Um, he just looked like this player who was not cut out for the Premier League, uh, which was like most of our players, unfortunately. And he looked massively out of his depth the 30 million price tag looked absolutely obscene. Uh, but then as the season went on and he got a bit more game time, he actually looked like a very decent player. And perhaps he, you know, he was settled in London now. I don't know. But then maybe he thought, well, one season in the championship, 
if that doesn't work out, then move on. Um, he didn't seem unhappy. Seri was quite uh, vocally unhappy, I think. But hopefully we will have him. Uh, you're right, he's been away on um, African Nations Cup duty. Perhaps the rumours will come now that he's back. Or perhaps there's just no one particularly interested in him. I don't think uh, Marseille were sort of clamouring to have him back. Um, they certainly wouldn't be paying the money that we paid for him. And maybe that was the thing. Maybe the, the price on his head um, was much higher um, than people were willing to pay. But yeah, hopefully he will stay. It would definitely uh, make a big difference to our midfield in the championship if he were to be in it. But yes, yeah, so fingers crossed for that one. Uh, other players who uh, might leave, obviously, uh, the big. Well, I can't really think of many other players who are destined, big players who are destined to exit. But obviously, the one that is most likely to happen, we imagine probably will happen in the next week or so, is Ryan Sessignon. And the, uh, the I hope is that we'll get a player either permanently or on loan um, in return, or uh, at least uh, a shitload of money for him. I mean, Reese, we all know he's going. What's your whole view on this? Yeah, again, mine, sort of, sort of what you touched on, is hopefully at least we get something in return. Rather, a, 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 a ton load, a ton of money would be great, but I just feel, you know, we sort of touched on the signings earlier. I just feel like money plus a player would sort of... I, I, don't remember we haven't been seriously linked or concretely linked with anyone coming the other way. There's been a couple of names sort of floated around, but I don't think any have actually been sort of concrete or, to be honest, a realistic chance of us. Because someone mentioned one Yama, and I can't see him agreeing to move down a division personally. So I don't think it's don't think it's likely to be him. I personally think it. I would like because we mentioned the defence earlier. I'd like to see it to be uh, Cameron Castle Vickers personally. Just, I think that's what we need most as defender, and he's probably the highest uh, Spurs player that we can that we're probably likely to get out of the deal. So hopefully it's going to be him. But so long as we get something, a player out of the deal, then you know, then I'll be happy with it. Yeah, I'm, I'd rather we didn't get any players to be honest. The ones that we've out of, out of the deal, the ones that we've been linked to are really underwhelming. And if it's a case of we might get an extra five million then we can put that towards a centre back that I I would prefer. But you know I'd... You'd rather you'd rather the five million than a five million rated player, basically. I think so, yeah. Because I, I mean I, I can't say I know a lot about uh, Cameron Carter because um apart from he's a American international. Uh, and we do need a centre back, but he doesn't look like the kind of centre back that I think I think we need, as in more than six foot tall because I'm sick of short centre backs. I know I'm a bit um, a bit heightist against uh, defenders, but certain, especially in the championship, you need someone to be winning those winning those headers and winning those corners. But I don't know. I don't know. I think Levy's trying to get him as cheap as possible, really. Which uh, yeah, which we all know he's yeah. good at. Yeah, that's say say that we do get someone in in the intermediate. I know you don't want it, but would, would you? What area would you rather sort of? Be trying to get out of Spurs with any particular positions. Oh, what for for a player? De- definitely a defender. I mean, but if if you know CCV or whatever we're calling him is uh, the best that we can hope for, then then I, I don't think he's massively going to improve what we've got already. Um, and and the sort of. Player that we're looking, we're not going to get any of their first team squad, obviously, because um, why would any of them move? Um, so, do we want to fill the squad with players who probably aren't going to play much? I'd rather, you know, I'd rather money and then we can invest it. But that's just that's just my opinion, really. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, do you think he's the best we can hope for? Yeah. Well, out of this, out of the situation, yes. I mean, are there better centre backs out there that we could be getting? You know. Like, like I said, yeah, we could be doing better, but we may as well make use of this situation, try and get as much as much out of the situation as we can. Yeah, fair if enough. That needs to, if that needs to be a player, then so be it. What if the deal is Cessna on back on loan? That would be... I don't think where, that helps where, us at all. Where would, 
it, it wouldn't because you'd be stuck on where to play him. And you'd you have to play, I'm sure. Bunt. You're not booting Caballero out of the team. You're not booting no. Knockout out of the team. No. Would he go back to left back? Well, he surely he isn't Joe above Bryan Joe Bryan, is he? No. No. So, yeah, we'd be. Unless you want to put him at right back. Yeah, we'd be shooting ourselves Park in the foot. That last year. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't think it's, because, I don't think it's because, in our interest. Yeah. Because the thing is, he's obviously nowhere near Spurs' first team level. Um, and now we've we've strengthened our team. He's nowhere near. I wouldn't say he's anywhere near our first team level. Um, so, yeah, that that would be a tricky situation. And I think once we've sold him, he's gone. Thanks for thanks for your efforts, but we'd actually be putting ourselves at a disadvantage by getting him back. I think. But do we not look at Cess and go? You know, he was incredible in that championship season. Couldn't. It wasn't particularly good. He tried hard, but it wasn't particularly good last season. Do we think that was a season blip, too high a step up? Or, you know, kind of, is his confidence not so badly that we actually, you know, lose him now, get a bunch of money for him and bring in another player to strengthen our team? Uh, and is that, you know, I guess that's probably a good thing. And, you know, I think, yeah, everyone wishes him good luck in his, um, you know, his future career. Hopefully, uh, Spurs will be able to get something out of him that we clearly weren't able to last season. And yeah, maybe this is just the next step that he needs in his career. But obviously, when it's Khan versus Levy in terms of sort of transfer fees, this thing could go on quite a while. And at this time, I imagine Sess is getting a little bit pissed off, whether his agent is just forcing the issue, um, you know, wherever, wherever it has to be forced. I think, you know, we must be coming to a head now. And obviously he's got an ankle injury or whatever injury he did get on international duty. So perhaps there's a medical issue holding it up or maybe it's just one of those transfers that is incredibly complicated and, you know, that's that's it. I mean, I don't know if there's much more we can say about it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I just want to... Oh, no, no, there is. There is. No, no, sorry, sorry. I just want to touch on what you... Basically, what you were saying at the start there, you know, is that basically you just want to wash your hands of the situation. It's there. It's Spurs' problem now. Let them work out, is he the boy wonder that we all think he can be? Or was he just a one-season wonder? He's basically saying, let them work it out now. Basically, wash our hands of the situation. Is that what you were trying to say? I don't know wash our hands. I mean, that's kind of... It's... I'd rather he stayed. And I think um, if he were to stay, I think it would be a good rotational thing for Cavalero, Knockhart and Cess. But obviously Cess would want to be starting every game because there is this certain, you know, I think, I don't know if ego is the right word, but he has this expectation now that, you know, after the last season in the championship, that he would be there to sort of run the, run the show. I kind of have a sort of, you know, I, I want him to do well, but I, you know, I don't want to wash my hands of him. But I kind of feel we will. I don't know. I don't think there's any chance that he'll be. So. Yeah, I, I think he's gone. But that's one, one final point on it. I think the whole purpose of, um, yeah, having having an academy and, and finding these gems that you you develop into first team players. I think if we we sell him and the money which might already have been spent on uh, Cavallero and Knockart. If if the the money we get then improves our squad to the point that gets us back up, and then we we get you know the sky money again, and we actually have a better shot at surviving next time, then then it's all been worth it. And I think that's that's about as good as we can hope for. He was never going to stay for his career um, because he and his agent and you know other clubs had higher ambitions for him, which is fine. Um, but if that's what comes out of it is money and improvement in the squad and we get better as a team, then, you know, that that's fantastic, I think. Okay, so obviously, Cess is the big one that's probably likely to leave. Um, see, players staying, uh, one of the big one, which is almost, you know, like a, I hate the term, it's like a new signing, but having Mitro commit for another, I think it's another five years, on uh, top to 2024 uh, is brilliant. And I mean, starting off with uh, Reese. I mean, were you surprised with this or did you think that he was so comfortable at Fulham that he thought I'd rather 
be here and score a load of goals than go off again to try and make it elsewhere. Yeah, I think there's there's an element of that. You know, who will, who's he really linked to? It's only really West Ham that I saw, uh, again, concretely linked. And then maybe you had the odd, odd China rumour, but I very rarely believe those things. In the grand scheme of things, I'm not really all that bothered because I, I made this point on Twitter when, when it was sort of first announced, but just in case anyone missed it, it's not that Wait, big what? a deal. <laughs> I think I speak for every yeah. Fulham fan when I say what <laughs> it didn't it's not a big deal because he was he was contracted until 2023 anyway so all, yeah he signed a five year deal all it really is is a one year extension that's all it really is it, it's it what it represents it. come on no I'm, I'm not buying it he was down with it he was you know, said to stay with us for another four years he had four years to go on his contract. It's not like if we'd have re-signed Cessignon five again. I, I just I just didn't get the I just didn't get the fuss of it. Same thing with Tom Kearney. When you look at it, take a step back and look at it, all it really is is a one-year extension. It didn't make that much of a difference. If now and everyone was saying, oh Tony Khan, he's managed to re-sign Kearney and Mitrovic. What fabulous work. I re-signing Cessignon, who's got one year left on his deal, that's good work. But adding another year onto someone whose contracts are running out in 2023, I'm just not all that excited about. I'm excited about it because it makes me angry because everyone's sort of bought into it. But other than that, I'm just not overly fussed about it. I think we all know what the, the main thing that seemingly uh, these contracts represented was the fact that all these players seem to have a relegation wage drop. Um from, they had a relegation, relegation, sorry, a promotion wage rise, which then became a wage drop. The likelihood is that that drop was taken out of these contract extensions. Now, yeah, I agree. It is essentially a one-year extension, but I agree with Dom in the sense that it represents something else. He, you know, he may still get sold next summer if we don't go up, but he has, he has chosen to put pen to paper on an extension on his contract. Now, it may just be financial, but it does show a sense of loyalty that, you know, for one thing, Cessignon hasn't shown. And that may not be, you know, his doing completely. Uh, he could have happily signed a two, three-year extension so that Fulham could get more money for him. But he's clearly not that bothered about sort of showing that kind of um, commitment to the cause, as it were. But then... Why should he? I mean, he's developed and he, you know, it's about his career. Does he think it's going to develop massively at Fulham at this point? Probably not. So he hasn't sort of had the urge to do that. Mitro thinks that he'll stay for another season, score 20, 30 goals. And then if we don't go up, he'll move on to bigger and better things. But I mean, Dom, obviously you were happy that he'd re-signed. I mean, do you kind of agree with Reese, or do you kind of think he's just talking shit? Well, I mean, that the last. I mean, we all we all know what default. we all think. But yeah. <laughs> it's a default uh, <laughs> state, isn't it? But um, I, I kind of, I do take the point that it would have been great business to uh, get Cessnion to sign another deal, um, because yeah, that would have been, and it's easier to get a player to sign a deal when they are going to have a lower wage otherwise, but. It, for me, the statement is that he, he joined the club um, because of Jukanovic, let's face it. He, if Jukanovic wasn't in charge when, you know, in January last year, when um, when we signed him, we wouldn't have had a chance of, of bringing him in. But Jukanovic is gone now and he still, he still looks like he's happy. He still says he's happy and he's agreed to stay, you know, for another five years at the club. So... So he's now kind of he's, he's staying for Fulham rather than Kanovich. So I, th I think I think there's a lot to it, and I, I'm I'm really delighted for it. And um, it's a statement that the Khans want us to come straight back up because when we went down last time, we had a lot of short-term deals. We had a lot of old players, and we had a lot of players who never in a million years were going to play in the championship. Um. And that that screwed us up for two seasons until we, you know, we managed to turn it around and get in some some younger players and some some players who were hungry to go up and want to play in the Premier League. And this time we've gone down. We've signed our two two of our key players to new deals. 
Um, there's not a whole deal of talk about players leaving and we've, we've strengthened the squad. So from that point of view, I think it, it's massive. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the benefits of going down um, straight after coming up is that the players were kind of expecting a bit of a fight or, you know, a massive fight, as it were. I think, you know, Steph Joe going out alone might have caused him to go, well, why, why am I still here? Um, I don't feel appreciated, but... Uh, you know, and I'll find a club that does want me. But he seems to have come back in and he, you know, Parker's played him. And I think perhaps, you know, he, I don't think any footballer knows their level. Um, but perhaps he's thinking, I'd rather be playing for a championship team pushing for promotion than, uh, you know, any other championship side who may be sort of looking to finish mid table or whatever. You know, player like him, uh, maybe came back as well. You'd be looking at sort of, someone like him uh, who I would suggest knows his level now. He's at that age now that he's not going to be expecting a Premier League move, but he will do his best to help Fulham get promoted again. And you you do have these players that are experienced in the championship and weren't, I mean, obviously bothered that we got relegated, but they were like, well, that's not going to cause me to leave. So I think we have got this solid base. Obviously we've added we may lose one player, but if we only lose one major player, oh, apart from Seri, uh, another major player after being relegated, I mean, that is a uh, much healthier position than we were when we came down at the end of 2013-14. So I think we can all be confident um, that we are in a good position. Well, I mean, one major question is, will Scott Parker um, be the manager to really push us to the next level? And... See, we didn't see a huge amount at the end of last season to suggest that he is, you know, that we, he's going to be a managerial marvel. But I mean, I think we could have bought, bought Alex Ferguson or Arsene Wenger in and they would have had a tough time as well. So, I mean, quickly sort of looking on at this before we go on to the preseason so far. Reese, what do you think of Parker? Do you think uh, he is the man to lead us in the championship um, without being negative in the sense that I think, you know, we really hope he is? But uh, is it going to be a sort of a, a Lampard situation almost? Um, I think he did enough during the games that he was in charge. Like that that three-match win, three wins in a row, three clean sheets in a row. It gave you the sense that, right, he can get something out of the result. Let's put, you know, the Newcastle result aside because end of the end of the season, everyone really sort of jacked it in. Maybe everyone was all busy, hung over from celebrating Tom Kearney's new contract. I don't know. But on the whole, he gave you enough results to make you think, right, if he can do these sort of things against struggling, you know, bottom to mid-table Premier League teams, then against championship teams and maybe the struggling, you know, mid again, lower to mid-table ones, he should be able to do a good enough job. The big question is going to come in is... You know, when we play the big side, when we play the Leeds, when we play the West Broms, you know, are Derby going to be the same as they were as they were last year? Middlesbrough came incredibly close. All those sides that are going to be challenging with us, how is he going to fare in those games? Those are going to be the ones that are sort of going to determine whether or not we go up. And there's just a little bit in the back of my mind that says he may just be one year away from being able to crack those results. So. I'm confident. Do I think he's going to be, you know, the next great manager? No, but I think we. It seems to be the recurring theme of the podcast. We could be in a lot worse spot than we are now with with Scott Parker. Yeah, and uh, Dom. I mean, what do you think? I mean, obviously, uh, Derby uh, lost Lampard to Chelsea. Um, I'm not sure how you know how Derby felt and fans felt about that. Obviously, they got to um, the playoffs final um but they bought in philip koku i mean on the face of it that looks like a great managerial appointment but we've got a manager who's in his first full season do you do you think for the championship that's going to be uh, an issue or do you think he's got the team on side enough now um that will come out all guns blazing we'll play for parker and we should sort of see the season through yes it's a tough one i think when you when you look at the squad, uh, particularly the the attacking signings we brought in, 
and the, the players we've we've retained who we know what they can do at this level. I think Parker is the sort of for me the the one remaining question mark. I I really don't know what to expect. Uh, I don't really know how he wants the team to play. We know he, how he he got the team playing towards the end of last season, but I think that kind of that came about because you know we needed to to go back more to like how we were before Ranieri came in and ruined everything. So, uh, so we were always going to be, you know, more attacking when he started last season. Um, it, it's going to be those when things aren't going our way, uh, how we can pick up the players, how we can draw in his playing experience. Cause let's not forget he, he played for us in this league as well. Um, so I'm, I'm not, Overly concerned. I think he's a question mark, but I think he's up to the challenge. Well, you know, only time will tell. I think we sort of, you know, everyone is wishing him the best of luck at this. Um, we all wanted to do well. Um, and obviously we want to bounce back. Um, and that this first season is the key to, you know, everything from finances to player happiness to everything in between um and sorry well, i think ooh, oh, sorry, one more thing i think let's let's also not forget that the the players we brought in and the players who've signed new deals have done so knowing that scott parker is our manager so i think from that point of view he, he will have the respect of the players um otherwise you know you're not going to want to stay are you no, no and that's very true i mean you don't get players to sign new contracts if they can't stand the manager um and Obviously, there is a certain respect there, a certain sort of wanting to learn from someone who has played the game at the highest level. And I think, you know, that does give us, uh, you know, that extra little bit of confidence. It's not just someone who's swanned in, uh, taking the reins and uh, just on their sort of their former reputation. Whereas Parker's come in, who's been at the club for multiple years, two different stints, and he's obviously got the players on the side. So obviously that is a, that's a big thing. Um, we, I guess moving on naturally now to sort of how pre-season has gone so far. Played four fixtures so far, uh, two behind closed doors friendlies, uh, which obviously didn't go particularly well. 3-1 loss to Cambridge, which obviously people say don't read too much into friendlies. Losing 3-1 to a League 2 side that, and letting a 36, 37-year-old journeyman striker, um, Jabra Abire, score a couple of goals. It's like... Yeah, I'm not reading too much into that, but how does that happen in a first preseason game? I mean, obviously Cambridge fresh as well, uh, fresh into preseason, but you know, so be it. Uh, one loss to Burnley behind closed doors, um, the Portuguese training camp. That's no, no big issue really. Um, one nil loss to Porto, and then a great two and win um, yesterday against Brighton back on home soil. Um, I guess you know. Reese, give us your thoughts so far on these games. Uh, obviously, you were at the Brighton game yesterday, so we have a bit of a longer chat about that in a minute. But what's what's your thoughts so far on these games? Yeah, I'm sort of in the same boat as you. You can't really read too much into them, but at the same at the same time, it is still worrying to see the fact that you're losing three one to Cambridge, and it, it it was a pretty good squad as well. That it wasn't as if we you know, played the under-21s or under-23s as they now are in the first half when they were 3-0 down, then brought on the uh, brought in the first team for the second half and we won that 1-0. It was sort of the other way around. So it was the first team that were, were outclassed by this League 2 side and the under-20, the majority under-23s that sort of gave a bit of a better showing. So it's still concerning, but at the same time, the fact that we've sort of got slightly better and better and better shows that maybe you can just you can just see that as a one-off freak result. Um, again, Burnley was behind closed doors, so we don't know much about that, so we can't really uh, uh, judge too much on what we see formation-wise and so on and so forth. Um, but the Porto thing, Matt Dom saw more of that than I did, so I'm going to let him sort of take over from here. Yeah, let's have a uh, Matt. Just give us your view on the Porto goal, uh, Porto game. I mean, I only saw highlights of the first half uh, in a bit of a uh, rush. I didn't really read too much into yeah. it. I, I mean, I only saw the second half. I didn't see any of the first half. Um, I thought, I thought well, we looked alright. I mean, what more can you say? 
we played some of the young the young players. I thought um, when O'Reilly came on, he he looked really he looked really good. There were a couple of really nice through balls from him that made me think that he's definitely got a role to play in midfield. Um, and I thought Rodak in goal when he came on. I think if you compare him to Bettinelli, obviously, I mean, he hasn't got the experience of uh, of Marcus, but he looked a lot more comfortable with the ball at his feet. I thought. Um, which, depending on how Scott wants us to play, obviously, might or might not um, be an advantage for us. Um, other than that, uh, AK looked explosive and dangerous and wasteful, uh, which is what we, what we expected of him. Standard AK, really, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's a shame he hasn't learned to shoot properly yet, but um, just by virtue of being fast and big and scary, I think he'll create chances for us, especially if you come off the bench. Um but yeah, aside from that, I've not I've not seen a lot of the friendlies really. I think I think you're sort of touching the point there, sort of uh, bringing sort of O'Reilly, um, uh, Rodak into into the squad. Um, obviously, preseason games you do tend to see a lot of the younger players come in. Um, those two in particular will probably have some former part to play. I mean, obviously O'Reilly, um, he was linked with the move away. Um, in the in the papers, I mean, he was linked with Dortmund, I think. Um, but how much of that was true, we never know. Um, he has of, often been sort of touted as our next big thing. I haven't seen enough of him to know if that's true, but I think people are saying what they've seen so far of him um, this preseason that he does look quality. Again, is the championship the right league to be um, for him to be learning? I, you know, you'd hope so because it's not quite it's obviously not the quality of the Premier League it is a bit more rough and tumble though and I think we've seen in the past players like um, yeah Pat Roberts for example couldn't handle the championship because it was too physical and hopefully for O'Reilly maybe that won't be the case and he gets some decent game time Rodak in goal he's had two um, two full seasons playing first team football with Rotherham they say he's very good Results last season for them obviously weren't great, but they were up against it for the whole time. And the season before, they got promoted. And I mean, I've said this a lot um, in the past. I'm not Bettinelli's biggest fan. I don't think he's a great keeper. I think, you know, of all the players that we sort of need to sign, we don't sign a keeper technically because we've got three of them. Obviously, Fabry may not be around uh, much longer. Uh, Sergio Rico played for the majority of last season. Um, do we see Rodak and Bettinelli fighting out for the number one spot, or do we see Bettinelli being the number one with Rodak just bench warming for the whole season? Uh, Reese, what are your thoughts on that particular situation before we move on to Brighton? Um, I think we're going to go with Bettinelli in, in goal to start with. I think, yeah, Rodak will be. The backup. Where that leaves Fabry, I honestly don't know. Um, you think the signs would indicate that he's off, otherwise, he would have played some role, you know, it's a bigger role in preseason. He's clearly not in Scott Parker's plans, otherwise, unless he got injured. Did he get injured? And we, I haven't heard about mm, it. Not that we know of. I mean, he was in a lot of the photos of preseason. Um, really? and when well, we he heard sort of game Khan talking about it, he seemed very on Bettinelli's side and on Rodak's side as well. So, I think. Fabry must be quite pissed off with how last season went, basically getting like you know a couple of games and then being dropped. So I, mean, I would I would like to have seen more of him. Uh, he came in with a massive reputation, and I think the way he was treated was a bit harsh. Um, and I'm not sure sort of anything really improved once he was dropped. So I would like him to get another go, but I don't think that is going to be the case. But obviously, we're going to see uh, how this plays out. Um, Obviously, there are two more friendlies uh, before the start of the season. Whether we see, um, you know, Fabry or Rodak starting, I think you're right. I think Bettinelli is going to be our number one at the start of the season. And, you know, the hope would be we will see some consistency in that number one spot because um, it's been a position that we haven't really seen one keeper play a full season for a while. Um, so fingers crossed that all works out. Um, Reese, just give us a bit of a... a analysis of what you thought of the game yesterday obviously we we know we we're 1-0 down we were one at 2-1 TC got a couple of goals I mean but is there anything else that you sort of want to mention that you saw uh, uh no uh the, the two the two points that I sort of took took from the game a which is what I mentioned earlier I think Stefan Sessignon has absolutely sh- showed in that game 
that he does have the, the ability to play right back at this level. Because, yes, he made a few mistakes. The whole team made a few mistakes. Thus, we were 1-0 down at half-time. But he corrected himself perfectly on most on most of the situations. He was caught out of position one time in the in the first half, but he immediately got back, chased the man down and blocked uh, blocked a cross come shot and it went out went out for a corner. So he made up for it. He he knows what he's doing. He just a few mistakes in his game. The second bit, and I know it's gonna be controversial, but anyone who doesn't think I know there was this whole argument over the summer, do we need a Bubakar Kamara? If anyone is still up in the air about whether or not Abubakar Kamara can be of some use to us. Not saying he's going to be a world beater, not saying he should be shown out the door. But that second goal that we scored, just look at that and then tell me that there isn't some use for Abubakar Kamara. He absolutely tore Brighton apart in that second half. So the fact, you know, again, we mentioned it earlier, the fact that he can do that against the Premier League side, imagine what he's going to do in the Championship side. He is going to be absolutely crucial to us next year. And anyone who can't see that, that he's going to be useful to us in some way, uh, I just I just don't know what to say to, to that to those people anymore. I'm sure you'll find something to say on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I mean, he uh, the assist for that, I mean, I, I'm sure he wanted to score himself, but... Um, he didn't and you know finishing isn't his strong point but you do look at the qualities that he does possess and you think if he has refined them slightly over the last six months then you know perhaps he will be useful for the whole of the season maybe this that what you saw yesterday um will be more useful in the early part of the season i don't know if he's got the sort of longevity uh, to carry on that kind of form through a 46-game season. But you're right. I mean, I'm not his biggest fan at all. I think the uh, rough diamond moniker was used a lot for him, uh, but he was never polished in that time. And I think, you know, maybe something has changed um, and maybe he's just needed a bit of confidence and maybe he needed those few months away to get his head together and he'll come back and I really hope he's useful because, I mean, the power of that man is insane. The speed of him for someone that big as well is pretty impressive. Uh, I mean, his finishing is dog shite, but, you know, maybe we will get around that. You know, that's why Mitro's there. So I, I don't know. Are you, Dob, are you one of those people that thinks he's got no use or are you on side now with Reese? What he's like, I just think at what point do we stop saying... Oh, if he, if only he could add shooting, if only he could add crossing, if only you know he could live up to his potential. If we st- at what point do we stop saying if and say actually, maybe he's not up to it? Um, obviously his um his attributes are his, his pace and his power, which is scary for defenders. But at the same time, may the, won't they start to realise? Just let him run at you, let him get past you, and he'll waste it because. At the end of the day, getting the ball in the net is is what's important, and he doesn't seem to be very good at that. Um, are we going to be on a, a podcast next preseason saying, "Oh, maybe this is going to be Abubakar Kamara's year"? Because what if he's added that to his game again? Because we you know we've done it for the last couple of years. Um, I, I haven't entirely written him off. I'm pissed off at him the way <laughs> the way uh, you yeah. know, his response to. Um, Yoga. The way he dealt with the penalty situation and the yoga yeah. and all that kind of yeah. thing, and I'm I'm fully on Mitro's side for that. Um, if if Mitro can forgive him, welcome him back into the team, then you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold that against him. But I'd say time is very quickly running out for him. I, th- I think for him, it's sort of like, you know the uh, the penalty thing was you know petulance. Uh, the yoga thing was damn right, you know weird stupid whatever you want to call it but i think it was the uh the arrest was probably the thing that you know you can't forgive at that time yeah um, you, you can kind of forgive those things for for younger players but he's what is he now 24 something like that 20, 25 24 but he's uh, you know he's it, you always get that in um football squads you always think oh they're harmonious through the whole time but they're not i mean you hear stories about people like you know they're um, stories about players decking each other in trading because they just don't like each other, but they get over it because 
they're a team, they're quality players, etc. When you get arrested for <laughs> basically trying to attack the CEO or whatever it was, um, it's really hard to get past that. But, you know, he's gone away. Um, he went to Turkey and did very little for a few months. And he's been sort of welcomed back. Obviously, Tony Khan seems to be on his side. Hopefully, Parker sat him down, had a good word with him. And we will, you know, we will see um, a player who is very, uh, very keen to impress again. And But I, I do think this is last chance saloon for him. Because if he's no good this season, there is no way he's getting a new contract or he's getting, you know, he's going up with the, if we, if we get promoted, there is no way that he'll be kept on. Um, but if he shows the ability that for the last two years we think he's got, then fantastic. But, you know, we shall see what happens over the course of the season. Um, in terms of the other youth players, were were there any other sort of players yesterday, uh, Reese, that you thought this guy's uh, decent? I think it was that, uh, one guy, Harris. I think he sort of got a few plaudits. Uh, but we also didn't see anything from Marlon Fossey or... Um, I don't know if there were any other sort of uh, missing ones, but what are your views on them? Uh, just on over uh, the under-23 lads when they came on, you mentioned Jaden Harris. Uh, I was a bit blown away because it was the first time I'd seen him in person. He's, he's a bit of a physical physical person. He's a lot taller than I imagined he would be. But other than that, there wasn't anyone that sort of immediately sprung out and, you know, commanded the way the way that Abubakar Kamari did. You know, I didn't look at uh, Luca Della Torre when he came on, mainly because I sort of know what he's about. So I wasn't taken aback, taken aback by him. So no, that I wouldn't say there's any surprises to me, other than the fact that Jaden Harris is taller than than I thought he would be. Other than that, no, it was just pretty routine. Fair enough. Um, yeah, no, no one else seems to have sort of come through um, to much sort of fanfare over the um, course of preseason. I mean. Uh, Aiden or Teo Teo Aiden, um, he's you know he went to Ipswich last season and um, didn't really seem to do much. He got sent back, in fact, and Ipswich were terrible. Um, I think everyone was sort of expecting him to sort of do something, but uh, yeah, I think you know we've got two more preseason games. Um, obviously, the teams that uh, will be put out against Oxford and West Ham will be ones that we're looking to start the season with. So I think there's going to be a lot to be seen from those games. And yeah, I mean, we've got Oxford's, you know, League One or League Two side away from home, West Ham Premier League team at home. So two very different games. Uh, Dom, you got any any thoughts on these last two friendlies? Uh, anything you want to see? Anything you expect to see? Um, I mean, not, not really. I'm not so bothered about the results. Um, I'd like to see how how Knockart can fit into that team. Um, my my kind of minor worry about how he's going to play is we know he likes to he likes to cut in on the left and shoot from the edge of the box. Um, we know Tom Kearney likes to operate in that in that space as well. Um, I'll be interested to see how those two can can link up together and hopefully not get in each other's way. Um, and obviously by by the West Ham game, I hopefully we've got another centre back in, um, but. But yeah, I'm pretty happy with it's gone how it's gone so far. Uh, I'm I'm also delighted about how the way we've been doing our business this year, which is loans with options to buy. It seems really smart to me. Um, we we can pay the money next year if we go up and we've got the money again. If it doesn't work out, then we've we've paid years a year's worth of wages, and that's about it. Um, it's just different to last time when we had you know five or six squad players who were or first team players who were loans without being able to kind of capitalize and make them permanent. And I think that that cost us when we went up. Um, so I, I like that. It looks like we've learned from that. Um, but in, in terms of the friendlies, um, yeah, just, just, I'd like to see how that front three starts to start to combine really. Yeah. And I think you make a good point about the, um, the, the loan to buy. I mean, maybe it's just a way of skirting the financial fair play. Maybe it's just another way of sort of, um, alleviating some of the risk that comes with paying large amounts of money when you're still a championship side. Um, I think will we see that uh, over the rest of the preseason? Of you know, up until the transfer window closes. I mean, it would be good to get a couple of um, guys in on permanent deals just for that bit of security. Because I think you know a lot of people were 
upset about how loan signings work in terms of are they committed to the club um we've had you know a couple in the past that have done really well but then there's been too many that have done absolutely nothing i mean reese what what are your views on that and what were you what are you looking for um from the rest of pre-season be it friendlies and signings etc uh for the rest of pre-season i saw focus more more on the games and it is now I suppose get as a touch on the sign and get as many signings in as we can early. I know that's not typically how we do things, but then utilize as much of the game time as we could. We've only got 180 minutes ish left of preseason. So we've only got two games left for everyone because anyone bought in after the West Ham game will only have had training to work out how well they gel together. Like we've we basically got two games for Ivan Cavaniera and, and Anthony Ockard to work out how many times they want to switch wings in a game sort of thing. So that's really my main con- main concern is getting these players gelled together and getting used to playing with one another. That's the big, that's the big concern for me. And can we sort of get those balances and those, you know, the minutiae of every single formation that we're going to play this year, just get them all them creases ironed out. And I think that's the same with uh, how we've looked at sort of pre-season or, um, you know, pre-season sort of because obviously that's when uh, all the training happens and your teams get to know each other. You have a good amount of time to work on things. But uh, last season, especially when we announced five players on transfer deadline day, that was, you know, that was a terrible way of doing it. I mean, I understand how um, the business of it might work in terms of getting players for, you know, value. But from a point of view of team unity and gelling within the squad, uh, it's uh, that is incredibly short-sighted and you know very desperate way of doing it. But I think you know bringing bringing in two quality players while we still have some friendlies left uh, was very important, and hopefully that will be um, you know you know integral to sort of success in the early part of the season. If we bring in a couple more players towards the end of the window who take a bit of time to gel in, but then have a really strong effect uh, in the you know after the first third of the season's over, then, you know, first quarter, whatever. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get all our business done before transfer deadline day. We won't have to be worrying about watching Sky Sports News up until, you know, 11 o'clock or whatever. Um, just to wrap things up, uh, Dom, have you got any extra points that you want to sort of raise or anything you've uh, seen that you have liked or want to talk about? Um, no, I don't think so. No, I think you've seen it. We've spoken about it. It's yeah, yeah. You know, yeah well, I think yeah, yeah. there's there's a certain element of confidence going in because of the players that we still have. Yeah, I think I just just want to. I think we really need to start this season well for once. Um, I know that's kind of it's not up to us, obviously, but um, Jukanovic famously doesn't start it's not even just not starting the season well he doesn't have a whole entire first half of the season which is poor um we need to start well if we're going to go up it's as simple as that yeah i think and one of a prime example of that is the time we went up in uh 2000-2001 under Ghana. we won the first 11 games and it was just it was amazing to watch and that really set the standard for the rest of the season and it allowed us to sort of take our foot off the pedal towards the end of it but when you start off at that sort of breakneck speed, then you were really setting yourself up for a very good season. Even if not everything goes according to plan, if you can get, you know, a good few wins under your belt before anyone else had a chance to really sort of settle themselves into the season, then that is a really good way of going about it. I think, you know, it's far trickier these days, but that is what we should be hoping to do. And none of these sort of, you know, it, that 23 game unbeaten run was brilliant. But the fact is, it took us a 23-game unbeaten run to get us third in the league. You know, when you go out 23 unbeaten, you should be uh, top of the league. But we had such a poor first half of the season that that wasn't the case. I mean, uh, Reese, thoughts to end the show? No, I think everything's more or less been covered. I think what Dom said was absolutely, fan- absolutely fantastic. You, the start of the season is absolutely crucial. I think we've been given a perfect start of the season with Barnsley away. Barnsley just recently got promoted out of League One. So that we should re- we should be going in into that oh, game no. as we Yeah it's Corley Woodrow, isn't it? We <laughs> it all is Corley Woodrow. That's our main that's our main concern. If we could just close him down then the rest of the 
He Smart can't. Can he's he's an absolute world beater now. We know he that. is. It's a good thing we're playing South End, otherwise Stephen Humphreys would tear us a new one as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, it is absolutely crucial we get off to a good start. Otherwise, those rumblings are going to start building up. And you know, Scott Parker was he really the right appointment? Should we have waited out a bit longer and appointed a Chris Hutton or any any of the other names that have been? Uh, floating around this summer so it is absolutely vital we get off to a good start just mainly mainly just to calm a lot of the fans down because i know that we can be let's let's say a little bit mad at sometimes so let's just make sure we don't get to that stage yeah but you know what football club doesn't have slightly mad fans um basically just to say uh end of the show now thanks very much guys for joining me tonight um and i think you know after the next two friendlies we'll be back next week when we will have the last of the preseason games under our belt, we'll have a bit of a clearer idea of how we're going to be lining up style of play for the beginning of the season. You can follow us uh, on Twitter for uh, Fulham Focus at, under, uh, at Fulham underscore Focus, or on Facebook or on Instagram under the same uh, same name. And yeah, over the course of the season, we're going to be having more Q and A's with ex players, uh, written and audio. We're going to be having more podcasts and various bits and pieces uh coming out all the time so make sure you follow us um and yeah looking forward to the next week where we can actually sort of look forward to the first game of the season at barnsley but thanks very much for listening and take care